Hi, welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist. My name is Tiet Helimetz, and I am a principal dancer at San Francisco Ballet. This podcast series of Meet the Artist interviews is your chance to get to know us, the dancers, musicians, designers, and choreographers at SF Ballet, as we discuss our lives, the process in a studio, performances on stage, and more. Join us for Meet the Artist interviews, live and in person, at the Opera House before Friday and Sunday performances. Or tune in, all season long to hear podcast recordings of San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist interviews. Enjoy. All right. Now, uh, welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist interview. We're back in the Opera House, and I'm so happy to see your smiling faces here, folks, live and in person. It's so refreshing. My name is Claire Sheridan. I'm your host for the event today. And uh, without further ado, please join me now in welcoming our guest, San Francisco Ballet soloist Sasha Mukamadoff. Uh, Sasha will be discussing some aspects of the program to be performed this afternoon. But first, let's talk about you. Sounds good. <laughs> you were born in London to two well-known dancers. Your mom was a first soloist for the Bolshoi Ballet, and your dad was a star with both the Bolshoi and the Royal Ballet. But I understand that you weren't pressured to become a dancer, and actually you didn't formally enter ballet school until you were 13. What made you decide to study ballet seriously? Um, yeah, so like you said, both ballet parents, and I think because they knew how hard and challenging it is, and so they sort of tried to lead me in a different direction. I did musical theater, so like jazz, tap. There was a little bit of ballet in there, but nothing super serious. And then when I was 13, my dad did a choreography for this like kids ballet thing is called the London Children's Ballet and it's kids from all over England they come and audition and he was creating a ballet there and he gave me a nice role and I had this solo that I danced and I just loved being on stage so much and doing ballet that I was like okay I think this is it I want to be a ballerina <laughs> Now, your mother was a key figure in your training, correct? So what's the difference between studying with your mom and studying with somebody else? Well, um, studying with my mom, it was more private training. So it was me and one other girl, pretty much. And so, obviously, private coaching, you have a lot more attention onto you. You have a lot more... Um, personal details, because when you're in like a bigger class, sometimes you're not necessarily getting a lot of feedback because they have to look at 12 to 15 other people at the same time. And so I think sometimes you can get lost in the crowd. And when you have private coaching, of course, it's a lot more like one-on-one, -on -one. you're really getting all that attention and really working on all those things. And obviously with your mother, it's it can be a little challenging. <laughs> you can't get away with anything. Definitely not. <laughs> so you inherited great genes, uh, but what was difficult for you as a ballet student? I think as much as my mom was like 
the best teacher I ever had and I wouldn't be here without her. It definitely was hard to go through that as her as my teacher because, you know, I don't see her as just a teacher. I see her as my mother. So, of course, I want her to be like, you're so beautiful, you're so wonderful. But she's like, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. And so I always felt like I was waiting for this approval. But in the end, like, I understood that was the best thing that I could have done to be able to be here and do what I'm doing. But technically, what was difficult? I mean, were you working on stamina or working on flexibility? Or did you have it all? Um, I think uh, getting that confidence on stage is like a tricky part because private coaching, I didn't have school performances or um, like you would at the end of the year in most schools. And so my mum put me into competitions and that at first was really scary and it was really, um, yeah, it's hard to get that confidence to feel good about doing a challenging solo on stage. So that was building up that confidence to do solos and feeling comfortable, and that was definitely one of the harder parts. We won numerous awards at uh, international ballet competitions, and you eventually achieved the rank of principal dancer at the Dutch National Ballet. But then in 2019, you decided to join the San Francisco Ballet. Why? Um, yeah, I, I get that question a lot. <laughs> I. Basically, yeah, I started my career in Amsterdam with Dutch National Ballet, and I spent 11 years there, and I loved that company very much. I feel like it was a really good place for me to build up my career and dance so many different roles and work with different choreographers, and I think after I became a principal, I kind of felt like maybe I was starting to get a little stuck and looking, trying to find a new challenge, I guess. And my parents have always taught me that you have to keep looking for something more, keep challenging yourself to feel like you're always growing. And I've always admired San Francisco Ballet. And, but in my head, I always thought, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough to get in. <laughs> and so I decided to reach out to Helgi and see if he'd be interested for me to come and take class and audition and see if I would be a good fit for the company. And he, of course, gave me a contract, and I couldn't say no. And I was like, well, this is the challenge I'm looking for, so I'll take it. Uh, can you name a few memorable roles that you danced here at SFB? Um, well, so it's been a weird time, right, because we've had COVID. And I sort of joined the company just before COVID hit. And so I didn't have much of a chance to perform before then. And then we had our two years here. But um, we did a couple of those filming things for the season, online season. And I did Somewhat in the Middle Elevated by William Forsythe with Aaron Robinson. And that was really fun, obviously. Like, I had never personally worked with William Forsythe, but working with him over Zoom was like just as amazing. And so that was a fun experience. And then obviously now this program that we're doing next at 90 has been really fun. And I feel like I'm finally feeling part of the company after coming out of COVID and everything. And I got to work with some great choreographers and obviously with our incredible company. Uh, but in 2021, you had to have some serious surgery on your knee. So any advice for young dancers or athletes out there who are recovering from an injury? Like, how do you keep your spirits up? 
Yeah, that was, that was hard. So that was another thing that kept me away from the stage. I had a biking accident and I tore my ACL and my meniscus. And so that took me a year off out of everything. Um, yeah, it's really tough. It's really hard to stay um, positive because you feel like, what if I'm that dancer that's not going to make it back? Even though everyone keeps telling you, oh, this dancer went through it, this dancer went through it. I had dancers reaching out to me, telling me like, oh, I've been through this. It's going to be okay. If you have any questions, you can ask me, which obviously is really nice to hear that from other dancers all over the world. And um, But you still think, but what if, you know? And, um, so I think it's just really important to, you know, have your people around you, whether that's family or your friends, that you're not just focusing on your rehab and trying to get back, and, but that you're enjoying your life as well and enjoying that moment of maybe rest as well as uh, trying to keep in shape and trying to get back. Well, COVID did turn the dance world upside down, but in looking on the bright side, uh, were there any silver linings for the pan from the pandemic experience for you? Yeah, I think for me was ha finding that work-life balance. I think we're all so focused on our careers and trying to achieve the next step and the next goal that sometimes, again, like coming through an injury, you forget to rest and relax and enjoy and be in the moment of what else is happening outside of the building. And so I think a lot of us started to enjoy our lives outside of the ballet world, which has been really nice actually, you know, and realizing what else you want to do maybe after ballet or what could be next for you. Did you have any ideas about what you want to do after ballet? Um, I'm still thinking about that, I guess, <laughs> but I've always been uh, interested in like home interior design, that kind of stuff. I love watching those makeover shows and stuff, so maybe something with that, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Mikhail Baryshnikov said that the most important thing for dancers, besides mastering their technique, is to be persistent and brave when it comes to finding their own voice and style. Can you tell us about your own journey in this regard? I mean, it's, can, did you find your own voice and style? Um, yeah, I think that's something my parents have always said as well, is to always try to stay true to yourself and being unique, I guess. And that helps you stand out and that, like you say, helps you have your voice of people re maybe recognizing who you are as an artist. And yeah, I think what helps with that is working with different choreographers and different styles. Uh, I worked with David Dawson a lot um, in Amsterdam, and so I think he was a choreographer that I was like, wow, his style is so amazing. I think it fits so well on my body. And I think I understood that was that neoclassical movement is something that I really enjoy and feel sits really well on how I move. And, and so now I realize the same with like Yuri Posehoff's style as well. I'm like, oh yeah, I like that. That like feels good. And like, so I feel like I'm also still always trying to uh, figure out new ways, new techniques, new things that feel good for me. And, and I think a lot of dancers try to do that. 
Folks, if you're just joining us, I'm Claire Sheridan, and I'm speaking with San Francisco Ballet soloist Sasha Mukamedov. And in a short while, we'll be able to take some questions from the audience, so you can be thinking about that. Okay, San Francisco Ballet has a new artistic director, and we're starting off the season with new works by nine different choreographers. It's a lot of new energy, a lot of new voices. So, Sasha, can you talk about the vibe or the, the mood in the company right now? Yeah, I think, like you say, it's a great new energy happening right now in the building, and um, I think just a lot of excitement, you know, at the same time, a little bit tired. <laughs> but, yeah, in general, I think this whole process has been really fun for all of us. We all got to work with three different choreographers, and so, yeah, it's been challenging but also very fun because a lot of new styles for a lot of us as well it's not just pure classical ballet like we always do and yeah it's been it's good it's a good energy good vibes yeah, yeah. um you we were talking earlier about um that you learned the choreography in the summer <laughs> how on earth do you keep that in your head for six months until you perform it yeah that's that's still something i'm getting used to as well um yeah, so we like learned all these ballets in July and August, and I think a little bit in September. And then we have to put it on pause. We rehearse all the other ballets, and then we came back to it in January. And in the moment, you're sort of thinking, wow, I'm not sure I remember any of those steps. And, but we always film everything after we've uh, created the pieces. We always film everything, so it's all always on our computers and things. And so you sort of put that on, you watch it a couple of times, and you're like, ah, yeah, that's right. And then like, as you're hearing the music, you're seeing yourself dance, and your body just automatically starts to remember what the steps are. And it's kind of weird. It's a weird that's feeling. Really weird. I, a little bit of an out-of-body experience when that happens, but I'm glad it works. So. <laughs> so onward to today's program. Let's talk about the third piece, Violin Concerto by Yuri Posakov. This ballet is set on seven couples and one lead ballerina, and you are the lead ballerina, um, but you're not dancing today, correct? Yes, otherwise, what would you be doing right now if you were dancing today? I would be, I think, in the dressing room, slowly getting my hair and makeup done, probably drinking a coffee to feel awake and ready to go. Um, like, we just had a class on stage for the show tonight, which is always nice, because it gets you feeling the stage floor and feeling comfortable and ready to go. So uh, what can you tell us about Violin Concerto and your role in, in that ballet? Uh, so I think I, there's not really a specific story in Violin Concerto. I think um, Yuri really came in there more with just music and dancing and all of us sort of dancing together and how the choreography fits to the music. You know, I watched it the other day and I was just like, Yuri is so musical, it's incredible. Like the way he sees the music and sees how the dance fits to it, it's amazing. Um, so, and I guess I'm the muse there as he calls me. And it's, it's more like I feel like I'm there as the imagination of what could possibly happen, what else is out there. And, I sort of have my interpretation of what I am, which is not the thing, but this is how I see it. Um, I see like 
that they're, because they're all dressed in black and white, I almost see them as if they're like the notes on the score. And I'm like the red pen that will come in and sort of maybe change my mind on. And you're this wearing a very brightly I'm in a bright red costume as well, so I sort of feel like I'm there, kind of maybe creating a little havoc or trying to inspire them. Maybe we should go this way, or maybe we should go that way. Or <laughs> now, the music written in 1931 by Igor Stravinsky is associated with a well-known ballet called Stravinsky Violin Concerto choreographed by George Balanchine in 1972. And uh, Sasha, you've danced the Balanchine version. Mm -hmm. Was it hard to perform completely different choreography to the same music? I think at first it was a bit like, oh wow, I can't believe Yuri's gonna choose this music because it is a very famous Balanchine ballet. Um, but he, like I said, he made such a beautiful musical piece that you almost don't, as I'm dancing Yuri's, I don't even think about Balanchine's one at all. And it's almost now that the music has become the steps of Yuri's piece rather than Balanchine's one. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, oh, I would love to do Balanchine's one now. That would be fun, a fun comparison. <laughs> do you count the music when you're dancing? Um, it depends, I think. Sometimes at the beginning you have to, especially when you're learning new steps, uh, to sort of remember what step goes on which beat of the music. But as you do it more and more, I definitely slowly stop counting. And mainly more when I'm just before I have to enter to make sure I know I'm entering on the right count or the right piece of music. Um, but I think it was helpful that I have done the Balanchine one, so I do know the music pretty well. So I think that helped. And uh, can you talk about how Yuri choreographed this piece? Did he come in with it in his head already? Or did he collaborate with you? I think he, he definitely came in with a few ideas already. Like he had the idea of the couples and the muse. And he sort of immediately came in and told me, I'm sort of the one leading everybody through this journey. Um, and... Yeah, he definitely already had some sort of ideas, but always, which is always fun when you're working with a choreographer that you can collaborate together and he is very open to us giving ideas as well. And so there would be, maybe he'd create something, maybe he didn't quite feel super comfortable on your own body, so maybe you would suggest, oh, what about if I did this? And he would be, you know, if it looked good, he'd be like, yeah, oh yeah, that's beautiful, I love that, let's keep that. And so yeah, it was really like mainly him, obviously, but he's always open to the collaboration of us working with him and giving our ideas to. Now there are uh, two other ballets on the program this afternoon, Gateway to the Sun by Nicolas Blanc. Um, it's based on the poem Dance by the 13th century poet Rumi. And Kin by Claudia Schreier features 16 dancers and this piece centers on two central female figures, and you, the audience, can figure out what this relationship is, is all about, the relationship between the two of them. Uh, Sasha, have you had chan a chance to see either of these works? Unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to watch them completely fully. It's always difficult as a dancer, and I think we all do this, is when you're in a piece, you're very focused on your piece and trying to get in the zone, so you don't want to be distracted by the piece that's beforehand or... Um, and 
Yuri's piece is last. So definitely if you're in the last ballet, you, it's very difficult to get your mind to want to see everything beforehand. But I would love to, and I've heard wonderful things, so I'm sure you're all going to really enjoy it. Uh, okay, uh, to pivot a little bit, how do you like to spend your time when you're not dancing? Um, pretty lazily, I guess. <laughs> um, I, you know, I do love to be at home and just relaxing on the couch and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I love to go out to restaurants, trying new food. And so, um, like last night, me and a friend went and tried a new sushi restaurant. So, yeah, kind of enjoying okay. time with friends, I guess. <laughs> okay, we're going to do a lightning round. These are, these are fun. Do you prefer dogs or cats? Dogs. Coffee or tea? Coffee. You're from England and it's coffee. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I knew that was going to be a thing. Yes. <laughs> Wrong answer. Okay. Beach or mountains? Beach. One of your favorite movies is? Oh, that's hard. Uh, I guess first thing comes to mind is Pretty Woman. And what is one food you would never want to give up? A food or like a... Your choice. It could be bread. Could I was going to say bread, probably. <laughs> I can relate. That I would love be bread. my answer. Yeah. And uh, before we have our questions, what other ballets are you looking forward to this season? Um, I think all of them are really fun. I'm really enjoy uh, looking forward to doing Giselle. I do the role of Mirta in the ballet, which I've done a, a few times. And I'm looking forward to doing a different version and getting back into that role. All right, questions, folks. Yes, ma'am. Do you have siblings and are they dancers? I do, I have a younger brother. He tried it for a little bit and then he was like, it's not for me, it's too much pain. <laughs> but he's in photography. Yes, ma'am, you, you stood up. Did you learn Dutch and was it well, it was Dutch as difficult as becoming a ballerina. Um, Dutch is very difficult, and I did not do very well at learning the language. <laughs> so I think becoming a ballerina was maybe a little easier than learning the Dutch language. <laughs> yes. Ah, your personal exercise routine. Like, do you do cross-training in addition to...? Um, I don't do that much, I think. We do ballet class every day, and that's like activates a lot of the body. Um, I think when we start to have, if any of us dancers have little aches and pains, I think we generally spend a little more focus on that before class to warm up. Like, so because I went through my knee injury, I do every so often I do things to make sure I'm keeping the muscles going and making sure it's not getting stiff and and. Uh, yeah, I think sometimes some little extra sit-ups, a little extra arm workout if I'm having a more not-so-hectic day at work. Other questions? Uh, yes. Okay, when Yuri is working with you um, and you're creating this piece on your own body, how does that translate to another dancer dancing that same role? Um, I think what's great about Yuri and is that I think he's very open to all of us staying very unique and true to our own style. 
And so, yeah, so like Dancing the Muse, I do it one way. Tonight we have our young quarter ballet dancer, Juliana, and she will dance it very differently. Plus we have a different age, much different age difference and um, uh, what do you call it? experience in the company too. So um, I think he's just very excited to see what each dancer will come up with and what they will bring when they take like charge of that role. Like their, their voice, it's yeah. what Barishnikov exactly. was exactly. talking about. Exactly, yeah. Barishnikov says, right. yeah. Well, folks, I believe we're out of time. So I would like to uh, thank Sasha Mukhamedov today for being our guest. Please give her a hand. And uh, do enjoy the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about SF Ballet or to attend in-person Meet the Artist interviews and performances, visit sfballet.org. See you at the ballet.